listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. Maddie started us off last week with the gospel presentation from Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 3. Now we're in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to talk about the church. So the church or Christians, those who believe Jesus as king and savior over their life, they can be just as mean, if not meaner, than people who don't know Jesus, right? I mean, I've encountered that in my life. Uh, one, how do I know that? It's, I am a Christian who's very mean. Um, I can be extremely mean. Uh, even um, in this youth group, we have um, Christians, who's people who say they are Christians, um, but they can say the meanest thing to each other. Uh, just recently, we've had, I've heard kids call other kids uh, fat. I've heard kids call other kids ugly. Uh, one year we did, like, people sign poster boards, and people for eighth graders signed some horrible things on those poster boards for those eighth graders. Uh, like, things like, no one loves you, and things like that. Like, we, that happened just a year ago. You know, that happens in youth groups, that happens in churches. I've seen kids uh, prank somebody that they didn't even know very well, and they humiliated this person, and the whole time they had their camera out and videotaped them and then posted it in a group chat. I mean, just stuff that is absolutely horrible to do to other people. Uh, one time, a group of upperclassmen in our youth group uh, hazed, and this was, I think, my first year here, hazed um, an annoying freshman student by duct taping him to his bed. This happened uh, on a mission trip, and this is how it happened. I remember walking into the room and seeing him, this freshman. He was duct taped uh, to a bed, and he looked terrified and sad as all the juniors and seniors stood around him laughing at him. I walked in on this, and I saw this. I said, this has to stop. You cannot do this. This is not okay. And they all said, this is, this is what we do to people that annoy us. They said he was asking for it. We warned him and told him not to come back into our room again. And if he would, if he did, we would duct tape him. So that's what we did. But what it really came down to was that they didn't like him at all. And they wanted him to not be part of the youth group. They wanted him to leave. And so they were incredibly mean to him. This kind of meanness is not uncommon in our world. Cole, Akai, Gabe, I'm hearing your voices over here. I don't know, but I hear voices over here. I'm just saying, it needs to stop. Kai, put, okay, don't be talking, okay? Thank you. So this kind of meanness isn't uncommon in our world. It's not uncommon in our youth group. Um, maybe some of you guys have experienced that yourself. It's not uncom- uncommon in our church, and, and, and it's not uncommon in the first century of Ephesus, which, which is the church that he's, he's writing to, this church in Ephesus, Paul is. And this is happening amongst them. People are being mean to each other. And so he's urging them to stop. He's saying, stop the meanness. He's saying, remember the gospel. 
and come together around that and come together to accomplish that mission of Jesus Christ. Even though we are very different, even though we have different sports teams. Some of you guys are Gator fans and I still love you, even though I'm a Seminole. Even though we have different political views, even though we have different uh, ideas about um, about all kinds of things, about whether LeBron James or Michael Jordan is the GOAT, you know, we, even though we have different perspectives, even though we're different people, some of us like are, are, are like board games and some of us like sports. And, and even though there's these differences, we can still come together under one common concept. And Paul's saying that's the gospel. So he's trying to answer three questions in Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. The questions are, first, is how can people who are different come together and form a church? How's that possible? Second is, does it, what does it look like for people that are different to come together and be the church? And third, what is the purpose of of being the church to the world. So read this with me. Ephesians 4 verses 1 through 16. This is God's word spoken to you. It's the most important thing said tonight. So listen closely. I therefore, prisoner of God, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. I urge you to walk with humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, and one spirit, just as we were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. I know I just lost 90% of you guys. I'm sorry. Just hang in there. I hopefully can explain some things for you. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head and to Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so it builds itself up in love. This is God's word spoken to you. I'll be referencing it here and there, so keep it open. Listen, that's a lot there. I'm going to unpack just a few things in there. If you have questions about it, ask your leader. I'm just kidding. You can ask me. Um, but uh, you can also ask your small group leaders. So listen, the church, what's the foundation? What's, it's, it's the gospel. So how can people who are different come together and form a church? How can people that are different come together and form a church? In Ephesians uh, 4, verses 4 through 7, if you want to look there, you can skim over those while I talk. Paul's saying that, yes, there are different people in the church of Jesus Christ, but there's only, what's the word repeated over and over again in those verses? Look, look, tell me what that word is. There's a word repeated over and over. Do you know, Adrian? One. We're different, but there is also, there's this one Holy Spirit that is at work in all of us with all different kinds of backgrounds and histories and stories. There's also only one hope that all of us have in Jesus. There's only one Jesus, one faith in Jesus, one baptism in Jesus, one father through Jesus. We may be different, but we have the same Jesus. This is what Paul's saying. You may be different than so many people in this room, but you have the same Jesus. And in this act of grace, um, 
you can see it. You can see an act of grace in verse seven. Do you guys see it in verse seven? What's the act of grace? It says grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. What's his gift? What does Jesus do with his life? He lays it down for you. He sacrifices himself so that you can have eternal life. So that you're not dead in your sin, but you're alive in him. If Jesus is willing to do that for sinners and his enemies, how much more should we do for each other? How much more should we do for one another? It's from that place that we form the church. So the other day I was playing in a golf tournament. I am not good at golf at all. But my team finished second, by the way, um, in the tournament, in, in our tier, um, which, which was a, a bad tier, but still. The other day I was playing a golf tournament with three of my buddies. Uh, one of my friends bought a raffle ticket. Have you guys ever heard, heard of this? You buy a raffle ticket, you enter in to win a prize. Well, the prize was $1,600 that he bought a raffle ticket for. He spent his hard-earned money to purchase that ticket. I didn't spend a dime on a ticket because I was like, there's no way I'm going to win a, a raffle. At the end of the tournament, when we were eating lunch, they announced the raffle winners. And do you know who won it? Yeah. My buddy. They read his number. He's like, I won. They give him $1,600 of cash, cold hard cash. I was so pumped for him. I was like, let's go. But he couldn't, he, he couldn't believe it either. So he collects his winnings. He sits down. He looks through the money, counts it up. And then you know what he does? He splits it up with us. He gives me a portion of his money. Now, listen, if, I'm not, if I was in his spot, I probably would not have done this. But he did this. Why does he do this? Why does my friend do this for me? Because I'm on his team. Because I'm part of his team. I didn't want, I didn't deserve the money. I did want it. But I didn't deserve it. I tried to refuse it. But he said, we are a team. And I'm going to split this money as a team. I didn't do a single thing to deserve that money. Okay? You guys following me? But it was a gift given to me by my friend, an act of grace. This is what Jesus has done for each one of you. This is what he's done for the people in this room that you like the least as well. This is what he's done for the people in this room who are your enemies. This is what he's done for the people that you hate. He's offered you grace, but he's also offered it to them. And if they receive it, and if you receive it, you guys have one Jesus. You have one Savior. You have one Holy Spirit at work in you. And we can come together even though we are different. And we can lay down our lives for one another and love each other and create the church. That's the foundation. The reason why is because we are on Jesus' team. We're on his team. Every single one of you in this room who has faith in Jesus is on his team. Do not duct tape each other to a bed and to make fun of each other. Do not, do not gossip about one another. Do not slander each other. Do not rip each other down. Do not tear each other apart. Do not find each other's insecurities and expose them and make the other person feel small and little. Because the foundation of the church is about a Jesus, a king, who was very great and large and could have squashed us single-handedly, but instead got on his hands and knees and washed the feet of his disciples and laid down his life so that you could have it. The king. It would be like if I was playing basketball out there on that half court trying to learn how to play basketball. It would be like LeBron James walking down and saying, hey man, 
I want to play with you. I'd be like, no way, bro. I don't want to play with you. <laughs> but then he's like, no, let's play. And he lets, and we play. He has every reason. He would, it would be like that. He would have every reason, every reason to crush me, every reason to dominate me, but to invite me into playing. It would just be like, this is what Jesus does for us. He has every reason to crush us, but he invites us into his life to be part of it. That's how the church can be formed. Okay, so the second idea is unity. So what does it look like for a church full of different kinds of people to get along and come together? What does that look like? What does that practically look like? Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3, Paul says, you can look at that. Look at that. Verses 1 through 3. He says, I urge you to walk. What, what is he telling the church to walk in? A manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That's saying eager to make peace with each other. Seeking out peace, not seeking conflict, not seeking gossip, not seeking to spread rumors or lies about one another. So first, what Paul's saying is remember Jesus. Remember in your sins that you were his enemies. That's what it says in Romans 5 verse 8, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. So if Jesus is willing to do this for us, therefore, should we not do the same for one another? We've been called by God to do this for one another. It is out of this truth that we can be gentle and show grace to one another, patient with each other and love each other when it's hard. And we can be gracious and patient when we annoy each other. We do this to maintain peace as the body of Christ. Verse eight, look there. Paul says that Jesus has given us gifts to men. Jesus has given you spiritual gifts as a Christian. You have spiritual gifts that God has put on you and laid on your life, all right, for you to use to glorify him. Just like um, there are many parts in a body, like you have an eye, you have an ear, an eyebrow, a nose hair, a toe hair, a toenail, an arm. You have different, you, you have all these different roles. You need those roles. I, I'm not sure what you need toe hairs for, but... I'm sure they're important. Uh, but every part of the body has an important role to play. Each one of you has a gift. Some of you might be toe hairs, okay? Some of you might be fingers and knuckles. Some of you, some of you guys have different parts that you play in roles. But just because you are different doesn't mean that you're not part of the same unit, one unit, one body as a whole. Each one of you is needed to build the kingdom of God. Each one of you is needed to establish the church. The church is not something you do later as kids. The church is now for you guys. Do you guys understand this? You're part of the body now. You have a role now. You don't, sit in, you don't have to sit in church and just grudgingly go through and be like, one day I'm going to become an adult and this will make sense to me. No, it's now. You can have more of an impact now than you can ever imagine. It's right now that you play a role in the church. It is so vital. You know what's more important? Youth group or the church? It's going to the church. If every one of you guys stopped coming to youth group, but you went to church as much as you went to youth group, that would be far better for you than coming here on Wednesday nights. Even though church doesn't maybe have the pizza or like other things, the church lasts forever. This is just seven years at most for you. Unless you're like me, you just never stop going. And you say, I've been going ever since I was in the sixth grade. But it, it, it lasts, for, the church lasts forever. There's no more important thing to be part of in your life than the church, to be part of the body of Jesus, Okay. If you're a Christian, you should want to be part of it. You should want to be at church with old people and really little kids. 
You should want to serve the little kids. You should want to serve the elderly. You should want to lay down your life for those people because those are your brothers and sisters in Christ and you love them and they love you. Do you guys understand how vital this is? And do you understand that there's nothing like this in the world like the church that crosses all generations, all ethnicities, all differences, all because of Jesus. It's absolutely amazing and beautiful. If you want to be part of something that is the most special thing in the entire world, be part of the church. Be part of the church. Nothing like it on the planet. It has a mission. So that's the third point. What does it look like for us to be the church? What does it look like for you in middle school to be the church? In verses 13 through 15, if you look there, Paul makes the case that the church is to manifest Jesus. Manifest him to the world. Jesus says that you are his body. You represent him to the people. There are kids at your school right now who are really struggling. Some of them are struggling with depression. Some of them didn't didn't even want to wake up that day. Find those people. When I drop Trip off at preschool, he's four years old, there's this thing I like to tell him. I say, go find the sad kids and give them a hug. Go find kids who are sad and give them a hug. It's something very small that a four-year-old can understand. It's like, oh, if there's a sad kid, I'm going to give him a hug. But what about for you in middle school? That's his mission when he goes to preschool. It's like, I'm going to look for the kids who are sad, figure out what they need, and try to provide that for them and give them a hug. But what is that for your friends in middle school? What would it look like for you to walk up to your friend tomorrow and say, hey, man, you seem down. How can I pray for you? How can I help you? Do you need help with your homework? Do you need help? Uh, Do you need to just talk to me about something going on with your family? Do you just need to go out and we'll go grab a a slushie at Circle K? Do you want to come over to my house? Do you want to spend the night this weekend? What can you do to minister and to love the people that you're around every single day? How can you love your teachers? How can you take care of them? How can you take care of your parents? It's being Jesus to the world. See, this would be very difficult for us if we were mean to each other. This would be very difficult for us if we were constantly fighting and disagreeing and slandering and gossiping about one another. This would be difficult if we didn't like each other or love each other. How will the world know about Jesus if you guys in this room don't love each other? How would they, how would they know Jesus if you don't care about each other? How would they know Jesus if you don't help one another. We must come together in Jesus. Each one of us has been rescued by him. Each one of us love him. And each one of us are loved by him. So therefore, love one another. Love your neighbors and even love your enemies just like Jesus loved you. There was, um, I don't know if you guys remember the George Floyd incident. Do you guys remember this in the news? Do any of you guys remember this in the news? About the man that was uh, the black man in, I think, Minnesota who was killed. There was a big... Hey, stop laughing, bro. Sure. Hey, listen. So there's this, there's this big thing happening, and there's all these um, protests and riots and, like, just really sad, really, really sad. So I had this, I have this friend, and he just felt um, convicted that he was... As he, he, he was a white young man and he felt convicted. He was like, I, need, I just feel like 
I need to go to a black church this weekend. And I, he said, I just feel the Holy Spirit. So he went to this church. It's actually, his name is Bishop Al Hawkins. He, he's, um, he's a bishop in this community. So he goes to this church, all right? And he expects, like, it's the weekend that all this has been going on. He expects to be met by um, African-American Christians just with hostility and frustration and bitterness and grief. And you know what he said that he encountered while he was at church, at their church, when he walked in? As the only white person, you know what he said? This is, he said he encountered the arms of God the Father. He encountered Jesus as each one of them extended him grace, as each one of them extended him love, as each one of them put his, their arms around him and sang with him and worshiped with him. And as the pastor came up, the pastor came up afterwards and said, Hey man, I'm so glad that you came. You came to mourn with us, you came to weep with us as we were grieving. Um, this this injustice done um, to somebody who looked like us, and we were we were struggling, um, and you came and you sat with us. He was blown away. Very different people, very different backgrounds, grew up very different than those people in that church. But they came together under Jesus, one King. Very different political backgrounds, very different ideologies on how this situation should be solved and resolved. Completely different. But when it comes to the church, Jesus wipes it away and it's just brothers and sisters coming together in love, worshiping him. One Jesus. That's who we serve. That's who we follow. That's the church. That's what I'm about and that's what you're about. So let's do it. Let's be it. Get involved. Jump in on Sunday mornings, okay? Listen, there's this thing called the pastor's class. I mean, junior pastor's class. It's I am chosen class. If you're not a member of our church, sign up for it. You become a member of Seven Rivers Church. But you don't have to do that at Seven Rivers. Sign up for any, any church you're part of. Get involved. Be part of it. Serve in children's ministry. Figure out what elderly. I just took a group of high school boys to clean up a, uh, a sweet old lady's yard last week. Find old people to help and serve. They, they, she couldn't clean up her yard. She couldn't walk to her car because there were all these magnolia pods. And those guys came out and just scooped them all up in an hour for her. I mean, you would have thought, like, she was moved by that. She, she, that was our sister in Christ. We, we took care of her. Do that. You guys can do that. You guys are capable of doing that because of the love of Jesus. All right, I'm going to pray for you guys. Go to small groups. Figure out what, what do you guys do about church. Talk with your small group leaders about it. Father, um, I pray for these students. Um, I pray that you be with, our, with them and their small groups and that you would uh, work in that, um, and that you would be part, that you would be in that, and you would help us to fall in love with your church. In Jesus' name, amen.